Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line, lease any phone, and get an iPad or a Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. He's the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. David Locke with us here on the big show. Hello, David. Is Blues Traveler the brand, the band of the day? It is, selected by me and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Strong. What do you think? Yeah, Blue, Blues Traveler. I, have, uh, I actually got to know John Popper a little bit. He really? Was in Seattle when I was in Seattle, yeah, he's good dude and actually gave me his harmonica as a gift and oh, so then yeah, I, sh- I shouldn't probably tell his story but of course that's like one of those things that like you have as a prize collection and then your you know two-year-old slobbering kid finds it and starts playing john popper's harmonica running around the house <laughs> so you know that's my prize collection and my kids gosh only knows where it is well they're they're great in concert too yeah they're they're terrific yeah they're great uh how fun was it to talk to gordon during crosstalk uh, at the end of the broadcast last night uh, well, that's why I cut our mics off. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot we had our technical difficulties. <laughs> we did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, I, cut, I cut our I cut our mics off. See, David's timing has always been. Impeccable. You think that was that yeah. intentional? Was no. he like, you know what? I'm I've had enough of this. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. Uh, right, it would have been a good way to do it. Uh, uh, David, let's talk about how the Jazz are playing right now because uh, the game against Boston going to be significantly more difficult than their previous three. Have they figured a couple things out? Um. I don't know the answer to that question, if I'm being honest. I mean, what we're really seeing is at the bottom of the Eastern Conference is awful. And the Knicks are terrible. Cleveland's a disaster, and Washington wasn't very good. Um, so I, I don't know if we figured something out. Let's see what happens. Boston's obviously one of the rare teams in the league that's top five, both offensively and defensively. Um, you know, we were playing poorly enough that there was a chance you thought we could lose to Cleveland, Washington, and um, New York. Um, and now after seeing them in person, maybe not. But it did feel that way. Um, there's just a huge discrepancy in the Western and Eastern Conference on the bottom. The top's not that big a deal, and everyone's trying to claim that they're not that different this year. They're just dramatically different because the bottom four or five teams in the Eastern Conference are just so bad. And so when, you know, and it also inflates all these players and teams' numbers that when they get to play, when you get to play Cleveland four times a year, that's like Santa Claus coming down the chimney multiple times for you. And then you add in Washington, New York, and Detroit, and whomever else in the Eastern Conference, that's a pretty good deal. So, David, as you're watching what's going on with the Jazz, are they using these opportunities against lesser opponents to, uh, to, 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 to more precisely do what Quinn wants them to do? So I think some of the things where you can say, okay, things have, have been better is they, you know, on the whole lineup thing, but the end result of that is that they've got this pretty good second-tier lineup now where Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles are playing with George Niang and Tony Bradley. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, Mike Conley's last 10 games, I think, are about 48% from the 16 points a game. That's probably the right uh, approach for him. Um, so, and, you know, I think that's all you can ask out of him. He's playing with a team that has multiple 20 game, 20 game scores and Jordan Clarkson. So those are some things, um, you know, the ball movement has been better. They've had more open catch and shoot threes the last few games. That's also a product of a defense. Neither, none of those defenses impede what you're doing. Their transition defense was generally better. And I, I, you know, the defense has been really, really bad, and so the defense is what has to get better. It's really hard to tell in these games whether the defense is getting better because 
NBA players do play to the score margin. And so last night's a great example that, you know, I, I don't remember if the Jazz ever trailed in that game, and they certainly never trailed when it mattered. And it got down to three, and they took it right back to nine, and then it got to six, and they took it to 17. And so I, I just can't get really bothered that the defense wasn't very good in the span that it went to three. They just, the minute they had to, they stopped them every time they had to. So that seems perfectly fine to me. It just doesn't come out very well statistically. David, I want to talk to you about getting the ball to Rudy Gobert on offense. And I've heard you on uh, other interviews talk about how it's complex and it's it's different and it's dependent on a number of different things. But I certainly have noticed a difference between when it seems to be natural and they seem to be forcing it. Does that make any sense? And is there any connective tissue or lack thereof between those times during the game? I mean, there's certainly concerted effort to get Rudy the ball, and the, you know, our first choice offensively on every possession would be a dunk. Um, that's the best shot you can get in the league, and so if we, Rudy does lead the league in dunks, um, I do think there's a flaw in some of this narrative. Rudy leads the league in dunks. Rudy's getting the ball a lot, um, and then there's the truth of this narrative that Rudy's not very good if there's a defensive player between him and the basket. And so if we're trying to get Rudy the ball in like an old school post up, like we do to Carl Malone, that's not a very good idea. Like. That's going to end up with, we saw last night, two or three times where it doesn't work out very well. So I think when you're, you know, I get it. Rudy wants the ball and we want Rudy to touch the ball. We need Rudy to be engaged. But, like, there's also some aspects where it's not the greatest play in the world to just throw it in the post to Rudy. So let's let's not get that idea. And if teams want to take away a role man, they can generally take away a role man and then you end up with 30 catch-and-shoot threes. So there, it's there's a yin and a yang to this that we just kind of have to understand. Um, the point, I mean, like, we can pull the string on me and I can just do my little routine here. Whee! There we go. Um, you know, Gord, I'll ask Gordon and see if Gordon ha- didn't hear me with hands on Scotty. It sounds like you probably did. So, Gordon, LeBron James leads the NBA in assists uh-huh. and has Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and JaVel McGee all on the roster. Okay? Yeah. How many times do you think he's thrown a pass from outside the paint into the restricted area for an assist? Uh, I would say... We've played 60 games. So how many a game do you think he gets? Uh, two or three. He's averaging, he's averaging 11 assists a game, isn't he? Uh, okay, then I'll go half. Okay, so you would guess that it's 300 times this year that LeBron has thrown a pass from outside the paint to somebody at the restrict, in the paint for a restricted area for a shot. Yes. Okay, it's 66. <laughs> Wow, is that because like it's a he... really, really hard pass to throw from the paint to a guy at the rim? It just doesn't happen very often. Hmm. Is that because he is so difficult to guard and he maneuvers and uh, gets closer in and then drops a pass off? Well, uh, he leads the league in the pass, so I think it ha- might have to do with LeBron doesn't need to throw it from outside the paint as much, but he leads the league in outside the league paint passes to the rim. Um, so it probably is just that the pass is really difficult, and particularly if you're six feet one, um, and there's big guys around you trying to throw an accurate pass over outstretched arms to a rolling guy, and that maybe defenses are not particular. I don't know. I'm going to go out on a wild limb here for a second. You ready? Yeah. I don't think defenses are particularly interested in leaving seven-footers wide open at the rim. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a limb that maybe every coach in the league builds a game plan to stop someone from dunking. 
Well, I heard Quinn say that yesterday. He said he said that exact thing that every. Well, team, then I must be really brilliant. Yeah, yeah, bright minds think. I mean, alike. wow. Yeah, I'm so bright. My father called me son. Let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you about what happened last night to Rudy at the defensive end when Julius Randle seemed to uh, be very effective against Rudy. I was interested in that, and uh, boy, he was taken into the body and shoving Rudy around. What do you think? Um, I mean, I think Julius Randle is one of the great scorers in the league. And, I mean, if he was a horse, we'd classify him as having a blinders on because he evidently is totally unaware that there's four other guys on the floor with him. I mean, I think he took 22 shots last night at zero assists, right? 21 shots and zero assists, yeah. That is seriously hard to do. Like, <laughs> you've got to make a concerted effort to do that. Um but he's good, you know he's a great scorer. He puts up good numbers on bad teams, and we still have no idea if he has value on a good team. Well, David, we appreciate you jumping on with us as always, and uh, we'll catch you in the pregame coming up tomorrow. Who do I do I have somebody I want to talk to, or is Gordon? About, oh, I'm sorry, Gordon. Mm, wow. Just kidding. Yeah, uh, it's a shot. <laughs> uh, thank you, David. You're the you're the best, Gordon. Talking. Uh, to. Yeah, David. I know your history, so be careful. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Well, the ending an interview with a threat is always yeah. uh, that's always really good. Uh, in my defense, I I think I misunderstood his question. I I thought that he was talking about LeBron making a pass into the paint. Uh, I didn't know it had to be at the rim. Well, I mean, considering his teammate is Anthony Davis and JaVale McGee, I mean, you just think that that would happen frequently. Yeah. I I don't think your answer was far off from Scotty and Hans's answer right. earlier this week, though, was it? I don't know, but that is interesting. Uh, I, I guess uh, people are on to it, you know. They uh, and I, I did hear Quinn say that yesterday that uh, every coach in the league is is doesn't want to see Rudy Duncan on him, and so they are defending that uh, in a way that makes it much more difficult. We've talked about that. They're doing it with sagging bigs and mm-hmm. switching. And keeping somebody between Rudy and the basket it makes life a lot more difficult for him. True. And everybody. That's a hard pass to make. There's mm-hmm. no doubt. All right. Lock today brought to you by our friends at Cypress Credit Union with the lowest fees and quickest keys. Cypress has the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit any Cypress branch or cypresscu.com for details. We'll have more big shows straight ahead. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.